Hello, you are listening to Forefront. This is Adam and Christina Hannon. We've been married for 16 years. We have four kids. And in this podcast, we ask each other three marriage check-in questions. What's something that's brought you joy this week? What's something that's been hard this week? And what's something that's been on the forefront of your mind? So why don't you start this week, babe? Sounds good. Yeah, what's something that's brought you joy? I had a really funny conversation this week with one of my coworkers. <laughs> we had gone out to staff lunch and he looked at me and he said, your husband is Adam. And I said, yeah. <laughs> he didn't realize that you and I were married. Oh, sure. Um, he's only known me in the context of staff meetings. Mm-hmm. And he's met you at church on Sunday. Yeah, in the lobby, yeah. And has had a lot of conversations with you and conversations with me, but never put the two of us together. <laughs> until this past week when he said, I saw Adam go up to you and grab you in such a way (laughs) that I thought, oh, they must be married. (laughs) So I don't remember how you grabbed me at church, but apparently we need to tone down the PDA a little bit. Church, we're getting somebody's attention. People are going to be talking. People are talking. That's all right. That's fine with me. <laughs> it was funny. Um, and it did just bring me a lot of joy just to hear the surprise in his voice. Wow. He just <laughs> grabbed you. <laughs> I don't think it was anything inappropriate, but. Well, maybe. Maybe obvious. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey there. <laughs> How about you? What's, <laughs> what's something that brought you joy this week? Grabbing my wife at church. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what's brought me joy this week? I'm going to sound like I'm 10, and I don't care. It's like, you're a grown man, Adam. I, I don't care. The question isn't what makes you feel old. The question is what brings you joy. Mm-hmm. Action figures. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah. They do. We've mentioned in the podcast before, like, I'm a huge Ninja Turtles fan. Mm-hmm. I was when I was a boy. I still am. It's been fun to see how action figures are now being geared toward, targeted toward kids who grew up with them and are now adults. Yeah, they are after your income, aren't they? They are after my income, (laughs) and they know how to get it. (laughs) So Ninja Turtles, they make them so realistic now. It's really cool. They re-released the old He-Man action figures, the ones that my mom sold at the garage sale when I was Mm -hmm. 10. But now they're in stores, and they're way more money than I remember them being. But they're really fun. (laughs) So for my birthday uh, last month, you had actually got me uh, a few Ninja Turtle action figures yep i had to ask one of our kids like which ones does dad want and (laughs) and they knew exactly they're like he looks at these every single week (laughs) (laughs) so it's fun to me because it's that shared interest with the kids we were at home one day and i'd just gotten these ninja turtle action figures right but i'm putting them in different poses with our kids it's like look at this look at this you know it's really fun Mm -hmm. to do with them and just really peaceful nostalgic yeah fun yeah and then i brought him to work and now they're in my office that's great so again you might think me childish but that's what brings me joy well i'm glad they bring you joy happy birthday <laughs> yeah and it's not just maybe i'm overthinking this a little bit so i have them at work for a reason not just to bring personality to my office but i have it there to just kind of they kind of function as a stress release like oh, sure. when i know that i'm swamped 
I just walk by the the shelf on my wall that has these action figures in different poses, right? <laughs> and there's just something about that that inspires creativity, just kind of allows my mind to not wander a lot, but wander a little bit to just release some stress. Oh, sure. I don't know if that makes sense, but I think, I think it, it works. Yeah. I remember in college, my professor said the best thing you can do if you're having a creative block yeah. is go and read a Dr. Seuss book. Oh, I love that. I'm going to so, bring some Dr. Seuss books to my office, there too. There you go. Yeah. Nothing That's really wrong good. with acting like a child. That's great. <laughs> but you know, it. it I, I really do think that whether it's posing these figures or reading a Dr. Seuss book, I think there's something to be said about inspiring creativity in that. Mm-hmm. So I'm all about that. That's great. All right. So what's something that's been hard for you this week? Oh, man, I'm feeling a shortcoming in my own parenting, in the way that I have trained up our kids. I've been presented this week with this really great plan for discipleship, Mm -hmm. like how to disciple someone. And I've been looking over these great discipleship handbooks and how to implement this practically. And they're so good. But what it brings out is this desire within my own self to do this with my children. Mm. Because the context of this is something that I would do with a new believer or somebody who's not probably in my immediate family. Sure. But I feel this greater call toward first and foremost, my own children. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing this shortcoming in my life. I'm like, man, before I do this with other people, I want to do this with my own kids. Mm. And so that's been hard to just see, like, why haven't I done this so far with my kids? It's always been the intention. And maybe I have to some degree, but I haven't gone through this handbook. But (laughs) I don't know. I just, I love this handbook. It's so good. Just talking about these five basic competencies that any believer in Christ should have and know and practice. And I think that to some extent that we have shared these things with our kids and they are practicing them to some extent, but just to be maybe a little bit more formal or more clear or to use these visuals that are presented in this handbook, I don't know what it is about it that is laid out so well, but I'm feeling like, man... I want this for my family first. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a good tension to feel because it's yeah. pushing me to do it. To be more intentional. Because I think you I think you do disciple our children well. I think that's always been important to us. Mm-hmm. It's always been something we've strived to do, but with anything, you know, with an idea or a practice, it just kind of fizzles it after a while. So this is a good way to it kind of a kick in the pants. It is. To be more intentional and like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to be rigid about this for a while and uh, maybe forever. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, ideally, the hope is that 2 Timothy 2, 1 and 2, it says, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So the hope is really just that... Our kids would hear it from us. Yes. And that as we entrust it to them, that they would also be able to teach it to others as well. Yeah. I think they're just maybe at that age where 
it's time to kind of like see the multiplication start to happen. You mm-hmm. know, like it's not just us teaching them, but now like my desire is have I taught them in such a way that they can multiply this on their own, yeah. that they can teach others and entrust the gospel to others as well. It's good. How about you? What's something that's been hard for you this week? Kind of similar to yours, finding a shortcoming. We love and have a a deep appreciation for the Ten Commandments, at least nine of them. (laughs) There's that rascally number four that says, you know, to keep the Sabbath holy. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, that's that's nice and everything. But what does that look like? I mean, that's, that's a tricky one. That's a hard one to try to figure out how to... How do we do that in our family? Right, because society-wise, there are consequences for a lot of the other commandments, right? I mean, you murder, there's like a societal consequence. Yep. But keeping the Sabbath is kind of like, well, Mm. you know, whatever. Yeah, and you don't want to put like those extreme rules like the Pharisees did with the Sabbath. How do you do this? We've had a saying in our family, when it's time to work, you work hard. When it's time to play, you play hard. Mm-hmm. So that when it's time to rest, you rest hard. But we really haven't learned how to rest hard or well. Or at all. Or <laughs> That's true. So that said, we're trying a new thing. Mm-hmm. We're trying to practice and observe the Sabbath. So taking a full 24-hour day on the weekend. And again, like we're just starting. We're just trying to figure this out. Not sure if we have it figured out yet, but we're trying something new. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been good. So we've been doing it for two weeks now. Yeah. Going on the third this weekend. I've enjoyed it because the theory is that we will get so much out of this rest. Mm-hmm. I mean, God commanded it for our good, right? Yeah. We'll get so much out of it. We'll be refreshed so that we will be able to work hard the next week. And then we'll enjoy it. Like, there's joy. It's not just sitting around and, and just napping all all day. No. Like, <laughs> there are some joyful things that could be done on a Sabbath rest, like playing games. And you could still do things. It just looks different. So the hope was that we would enjoy this Sabbath rest so much that by midweek, we would be longing for the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Oh. You found yourself longing for it? Yeah, I did. I was. So it was a busy day at work. I glanced over at my, (laughs) circling back here, (laughs) glanced over at those action figures because the last time we had Sabbath, I was posing those with our kids and I found that to be a relaxing activity, right? Mm -hmm. And now it's at work in my office. I'm like, oh, I am so looking forward to the Sabbath. Mm, That's good. Well, back to work. (laughs) (laughs) But that's important. I mean, it's an important rhythm to work when you should be working and to rest well yeah. and just really focus your attention on God and who he is and what he's made and, yeah. and how he's made us and he's made us to need rest. Right. Yeah, so, this is kind of coming from a book that I've been reading lately and it's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Yes. It's been such a good book. It is a good one. So my hope is that we continue to do this with the right motives Right? Mm Because that's important. Not just doing it to do it, but actually doing it with the right heart in it. Mm -hmm. And that we do continue to rest like God commanded us to do. So that's my hope. We'll see where this goes. I I think it's a team effort here. I know it's a team effort. So it's fun to do this with you. You too. Thanks. Mm. 
So what's been on the forefront of your mind this week? I've been thinking about what your mom used to say to you every time you would leave the house in high school. (laughs) I was getting my shoes on in the entryway. My mom would come to the top of the stairs, look down at me, and she said, don't end up on the news, don't end up in the hospital, and don't embarrass the family. (laughs) Love you too, mom. so great. <laughs> Don't embarrass the family. I get it. I get it. Now, now as a parent of teenagers, I get you, mom. <laughs> Thinking about that, just spending some time this morning in prayer, I stumbled upon this prayer, this old prayer from the 1500s. It really is a blessing for someone as they go out. Hmm. And I thought, I love this. And I kind of want to implement this as something that we just pray over our kids, but also just really anyone who comes into our home, like as they leave, bless them on their way. The prayer is just simply says, may the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. Hmm. And I love the beauty of that. Just recognizing that as we go out, as our kids go out, as our friends go out from our home, that they're going out as ambassadors of Jesus Christ. That wherever he sends them, would they go out? Would he protect them through the storm? Would he guide them through the wilderness? And would he bring them back to us rejoicing at the wonders that he's shown them? I love that idea. Because then as you're going out, you're thinking about being sent and you're looking for the wonders that God is going to show you. And then there's that idea of, of coming back and sharing what you've seen within our home. And so we can we can send them out and then look forward to them returning and rejoicing alongside of them. I don't know. I mean, hopefully we can implement this. Is this just another thing that's going to be like, well, this will last a week um, and then we'll forget. But I hope not. Isn't it know. worth trying, though? It's worth trying. Even yeah. if it is only a week, I guess. That's a great. I mean, you're blessing them for a week. There you go. Um, I mean, how great would it be if anyone who came into our home left knowing that they've been prayed for? Yeah. That would be a beautiful legacy. I love that. Let's try to make it at least two weeks. <laughs> you in? <laughs> yeah. We'll try at least two weeks. <laughs> 21 days to make a habit. There you go. Make it three. <laughs> And beyond. How about you? What's been on the forefront of your mind this week? Man, so far in this podcast episode, we've had so many good ideas. How about a bad idea? (laughs) For real? Yeah. So a friend of mine was talking about a spare key, you know, where where they hide the spare key. I don't know how the conversation came up. I can't remember. But it reminded me of the time we accidentally broke into somebody's house. Mm. You remember that? Oh, yeah. So this was... Early on, like no kids, right? We're in Nashville, Tennessee, just for a few days, just for fun. And we happened to be there during the worst snowstorm in 30 years. They had like an inch and a half. Mm -hmm. And everybody was going in the ditch. You didn't know how to handle it. Nashville County at the time, the whole county of Nashville had three snow plows. 
and two of them got stuck. <laughs> I remember listening to the radio and just the panic on the announcer's <laughs> voice, just like the children are trapped at school and like nobody can come and get them. It was it was crazy. They because didn't know how to drive in snow. We had come from northern Minnesota. Mm-hmm. It was like, uh, tap your brake, tap your brake, tap your brake, tap. They're in the ditch. Everyone. The ditches were lined with cars. Yeah. So we were staying with a friend of a friend, mutual acquaintances. So this is so nice of her to let us stay at her place. Mm -hmm. This is awesome. We brought our stuff in and we meet her and everything. I'm seeing on on her fridge, there's pictures of people that I know Mm -hmm. because we have enough mutual friends. So she says, okay, so what are you guys doing tomorrow? I said, well, we're going to explore the town. It's going to be awesome. She said, okay, that's fine. Uh, But I work tomorrow. So if you get back to the house before I do, let me tell you where the spare key is. You go around the house to the back onto the deck. On the deck is a grill. On the grill is a shelf. On the shelf is a potted plant. And under the potted plant is the spare key to the back door. Mm -hmm. Okay, I think we can remember that. Yep. So the next day, we had a whole day full of exploring the city, and it was an awesome time. We had so much fun. Nashville's beautiful. It is. So we got back to the house before our friend was back from work. It, was, it wasn't it was a development where all the houses looked the same, so I was able to spot the house. I think it was built in the 1980s or so. So we get to the house, and nobody in the driveway. So we go to the back on the deck, to the grill, to the shelf, to the potted plant. There's the key. So we go in the back door. And I'm like, man, I am so hungry right now. Like, I am, because she said we could have any food in the fridge. I'm taking full advantage of that. And you did. I was, I was like, I'm going to make the biggest sandwich I've ever had. It was ultimate. Oh, man. Turkey, cheese, pickles, everything. Tomato. Ham or turkey. Why is there a choice here? I'm doing both. So everything is on this sandwich. And you're in the you're in the living room or the bedroom. You're like you're it's like I can't find I can't find our luggage. Where did she put our luggage? I don't know. I mean, I'm focused on the sandwich, right? And they're like, I think she's rearranged the furniture. It's like, well, that's weird. Back to my sandwich, right? What was a bedroom was now an office. You thought that was weird. I was like, huh, this isn't <laughs> quite right. And where's all my stuff? <laughs> right. It's like, why would she move our suitcase? And and then your head stuck into the kitchen and you had the biggest panicked look on your face. And you said, we're in the wrong house. <laughs> what do you mean? I had a mouthful. What do you mean we're in the wrong We're in the wrong house. This is not her house. No, not at all. And I, I looked down at my sandwich. I'm like, do I, do I disassemble and put it back? <laughs> You had made such a mess, like everywhere, sandwich. So I'm wiping crumbs off the counter, and I'm, I'm like, well, I'm keeping the sandwich. Do I leave a thank you note? No, no. no. So, because <laughs> I remember looking at the fridge, thinking, I thought there were people on here I knew. So there wasn't anybody I knew on that fridge. Nope. So I kept the sandwich. I brought it with. We uh, put the key back under the plant, on the shelf, on the grill, on the deck, and then we booked it back to the car. Now, remember, it had just snowed in mm-hmm. Nashville. Mm-hmm. Footprints. There are footprints going right to the back deck, to the grill, to the door. It's like, oh, no. Yeah. What do you do? Especially if they're hungry. They're probably... Like, where's all of our deli <laughs> where, meats? Where did it all go? Oh, so... 
we uh, we were more cautious when we went to the house three doors down it where our friend same. lived. It looked the same. It did. Like the exact same house. And it was weird. Yeah. It, like you said, it wasn't one of those developments where all the houses looked the same. No. Like all the houses looked different. Apparently not these two houses. <laughs> these two houses were the same. So we were sitting in the living room. Our friend got back from work. We said, oh, uh, just a suggestion. You should find a different place for your house key. <laughs> so that was the time we accidentally broke into somebody's house. It was an accident. It was an accident. We haven't repeated that. And I still feel like a criminal. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening to Forefront. This is Adam and Christina Hannon.